I wanted to start off today by asking you guys a very important question. Here's the question. It's, uh, it isn't a new question. It's a question that you've probably heard many, many times before. It's a question that you've asked, and it's a question that you've had to answer many, many times. There's nothing new. Here's the question. You ready? How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? It's a question that we probably get asked all the time. It's the number one question we get asked and have to answer all the time. And it's probably, if we're honest, the number one question we lie about the most. How are you doing? What's your response typically? What do you usually ask? Or what do you usually answer? I'm good. I'm fine. I'm great. <clears throat> How do you answer that question? You know, it's such a simple question, but if you think about it, it's actually very profound. Did you ever pause to think to yourself when somebody asked you that question, did you ever pause for a moment to say, how am I doing? Like, like really, how am I doing right now? Like before you just blurt out, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm good. Did you ever think about how am I actually doing? The truth is that for many of us, the first thing that we do when we hear that question is we put on our mask. As soon as we hear the question, we put on our mask and we say what we think we want everybody else to hear or what we think they want to hear. That's the response that we usually give. We put on that mask. You know, maybe something happened to you recently. Maybe something happened to your family recently and everything is not okay. But you ask, you answer, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. And you wear the mask and you cover it up. Maybe, you know, you're confused because you're in a season of life where you have more questions than answers. You really don't know what's coming up next. You're asking yourself self questions like, you know, should I go back to school? Should I further my studies? Should I say yes to that job? Should I accept that promotion? Do I date that person? You know, do I eat another bag of Doritos or another Twinkie, right? Like only those really serious, important questions in life, right? You ask yourself those questions and somebody asks, and somebody asks you, how are you? You say, everything is fine. Everything is good. You wear the mask once again. Today we're talking about the mask of self-deception. We're in a series called Masquerade where it's all about the different masks that we wear. And, and today we want to talk about this mask, the mask of self-deception. It's the mask that you wear when you want everybody else to think that everything is okay. On the outside, when inside, you're experiencing inner turmoil. <clears throat> you know, in fact, for some of us, we've put on this mask for so long that we're confused and we don't even know what the truth is anymore. We don't know what is true. We begin to think that this lie is the truth because we've said it for so long. You know, I think about some of the reasons why we answer that way. When somebody asks you the question, how are you doing? And you say, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm great. You know, I started thinking about why, why have I said that in the past? Why have I answered that way? You know, perhaps we want to give the appearance that everything is okay. We want to give off the appearance that we've got it under control, that we can figure it out. That we can have, I don't need any help, you know, everything's okay. I can take care of myself by myself. And I think a lot of times we put up that, that mask because of that. Perhaps we're worried about what others will think about us, right? We are, in other words, we're concerned about others' opinions about ourselves. And if I answer truthfully how I'm actually feeling, I might actually be concerned with what you're thinking about me and think less of me. So I'll just say, I'm good, I'm fine. Right? We tend to care a lot about what other people think about ourselves, about us. So we lie. Perhaps it's because we don't want to think that person, we, because we think that that person actually doesn't care. 
You know, you ever felt like everybody, they're asking you, how you doing? The person at, you know, at the clerk or the grocery or the laundromat, hey, how you doing? You don't care how I'm doing, so I'm just going to tell you I'm fine. You don't really care. Right? Do you ever feel like that about somebody? We've heard it so many times that that question doesn't have any meaning anymore. Or perhaps we're so self-deceived that we begin to believe the lie. We begin to believe the lie. We've told the lie so often that we begin to receive it and believe it as truth, though it actually isn't. But here's what I truly believe. And I mentioned this last week, so does it sound repetitive? I'm going to say it again. I believe that God wants us to drop the mask. He wants us to live open and honestly. It is only by dropping the mask. It is only when we quit posing that we can truly live free, that we can truly live authentically and begin to experience healing in those areas of our lives that need healing. I mentioned this last week. The only way we will ever begin to experience true, deep, real, authentic relationships with one another, with us right here, I'm talking about us right here, and with friends and family, is when we move past the superficial, um, uh, surface level, oh, everything is fine. When we move past that superficial surface level, that's when we will experience a breakthrough in our relationships, a closeness in our relationships. And it's the same thing when we talk about our intimacy with God. A lot of us want to experience intimacy and closeness with God. But to truly get to that level of intimacy, we have to drop the masks that we wear between us and Him because He can see right through it anyway. He sees right through it anyway. And so if we truly want to experience a certain level of intimacy and closeness with God, we need to be truthful to ourselves and to God and drop the mask. You guys remember last week we spoke about Adam and Eve. The first thing they did when they ate from the tree, they saw their nakedness and they what? They hid. They hid from God. They put on their mask. They clothed themselves. And it's what we've been doing ever since. And so if we really want to experience intimacy with God, we need to drop the mask. Today we're going to talk about four areas of our lives that I want to focus in today. And I want to ask you, how are you? How are you? In each of these four areas, as we go through them, I'm going to repeat the question over and over again. How are you in these areas? And I invite you, this is what I want you to do, to truly contemplate and self-examine the answer to those questions that comes out of each of these four questions. Now listen guys, there's some messages that inspire you. There's some messages that uh, draw you to repentance and to shed a tear. There's some messages that make you laugh, right? Uh, there's different types of messages. There's different types of sermons. Today, what I really think this message is going to help us do is to apply, to apply these things very practically. Today, what I believe is you're going to have one, two, three, or four steps that you can do when you walk out those doors that you can begin to apply to your life immediately. So I need you to kind of hold in. You know, it's not going to be, uh, you know, a lot. Of, maybe it's not going to be a lot of fun and laughter and such, but I think it's going to be super, super practical, the things that we're going to talk about today. Are you guys ready to dig in? Okay. In the New Testament, uh, the passage that Stephen just finished reading, we read about a time when the Sadducees and the religious leaders, you know, they, they would come to Jesus all the time, and they would ask him questions really to try to stump Jesus, to try to push him into a corner and to try to, to get him to say something. Ha-ha, Jesus, we got you to say that you're wrong. And so they would constantly try to stump Jesus with questions. In fact, it was really not so much curiosity or being inquisitive. It was really because they were trying to debate Jesus and trying to stump him. But Jesus would always respond to their questions in such a way that their jaws would drop to the floor and they would leave dumbfounded. There was nothing that they could do. 
And so in today's passage, the verse that we're reading today, that's exactly what happened here. There's an occasion when the religious leaders, the Sadducees, some Sadducees specifically, came to Jesus and they asked him a question. Here was the question. They said, hey, Jesus, I got a question for you. What is the most important commandment of them all? What is the most important commandment? You guys know the Ten Commandments, the, uh, the religious leaders, the Sadducees had over 600 more commandments that they followed. And they asked Jesus, Jesus, what is the most important of them all? And Jesus answered this way in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. If you have your Bibles, you can open it there. It's on the screen and it's also in your notes. Um, in fact, why don't we read this verse out loud to, together? It's Mark chapter 12. Verse 30, these are the words of Jesus. If you have a red letter Bible, these words are in red letters. All right, guys, let's read this nice and loud with great enthusiasm. Ready? Go. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And so as we read Jesus' response, I think as we read this, we see four key areas that I think that we should examine and be encouraged to drop the mask in each of these areas. In fact, did you guys catch it? Did you catch the four areas? Why don't you take your pens real quick, go back into your notes, and circle those four key areas right there. It says, love the Lord your God with all your what? All your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Why don't you circle those four words right there in your notes? Here's number one. If you like to take notes, the four questions that we're going to ask ourselves today. Number one is this. How's your heart how's your heart the heart is the center of our emotions and it's no wonder jesus says to love the lord your god with all your heart there are so many things um warring for your heart there are so many things that are attempting to get to your heart there are so many things trying to attack your heart there are so many things warring for the affections of your heart think about it if, if, if something or someone can capture your heart, it can make you do some crazy things, right? Think about it. You, you do some crazy things for whatever captures your heart. Those of you that are married, you have a significant other, right? What, what did that relationship do to you? Make you do crazy things, right? When they had your affections. The love of something or the love of someone will make us do crazy things. In fact, Look at what the book of Proverbs teaches us in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It's there in your notes. It says this, guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Would you guys just underline the first part of that verse right there? It says, guard your heart above all else. How are you protecting your heart from all the things in this world that are going after your affections? How are you protecting your heart from all those things that are trying to war after your affections? What are you trying to do to make sure that above all else, the love of the Lord is first and foremost at the front of all your affections? Is the love of the Lord the very first thing? We talk about our affections. We talk about our emotions. We talk about our heart. Has the Lord raptured your affections? Guys, it's so easy to fill our hearts with affections for everything else other than the love of God, isn't it? It's so easy. I mean, just this week, you know, my kids were off from school. They, they had their spring break this week. And, and, and it's so funny. They found a song on YouTube. And just this week, they were singing it over and over again. They were playing it on YouTube over. And they would break out into a chorus in the middle of the living room and start singing this song. The name of the song was I Love 
chicken nuggets. That was the name of the song. And they kept saying it, I love chicken nuggets, I love chicken nuggets, over and over and over again. And they kept playing it, they just kept singing it over and over again, I love chicken nuggets, all day long. How quickly can their heart and their affection be given over to a love of chicken nuggets instead of God? And it's a silly example, right? But it's true nonetheless, isn't it? It's so true. So often we are so quick to abandon our true affection for the Lord for any silly little thing. Or any person at the drop of a hat. We quickly surrender our affections for the Lord for anything. In fact, uh, what, what do we do? I love what, what the psalmist says. I love what David says in Psalm 139, verse 23. It's really kind of like a prayer that he prays in the middle of this chapter. And I would love for us to read it together. Because when it comes to this to this affections of our, of our hearts and who is first and foremost in our hearts, we need, to, we need to figure that out. we got to know what's in first place. Let's read this together. It's kind of a cry. It's kind of a, a prayer. Let's pray this prayer together. It's in there in your notes, and it's on the screen. Are you guys ready? Let's read it out loud. Ready? Go. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. Here's a great way you can find out where the affections of your heart are towards or for. Let's pray this prayer to the Lord this week. God, search my heart heart search my heart know my heart search me god and tell me show me where are the affections of my heart towards are they first and foremost towards you or are they first and foremost towards chicken nuggets or anything else in our lives here's the second question that we want to ask is how's your soul how's your soul how is your soul our being is made up of these com components right it's kind of difficult to understand this we are mind body, and soul. That's what we're made up of. And for many of us, this can be a difficult concept to understand. We get the mind because you have thoughts, you have dreams, you reason, you have logic. I get the mind, Danny. I get that. The body, you get it, right? You touch it, you feel it, you look in the mirror, you see a reflection, right? And so there's a reflection. You see yourself in the mirror. We get the body, but the soul, what is that? You can't see it. You can't touch it. What is the soul? Without getting too complex, the soul is the part of oneself that is not physical. It is the part of every human being that lives eternally. In fact, the soul can be saved or the soul can be lost, right? As we talk about, we read about that in the scriptures all the time. And when we ask the question, how is your soul? It's really one of how are you nourishing your soul? How are you feeding your soul. And the primary way that we nourish our soul is through prayer and through the reading of God's Word. It's one of the things I spoke about during Huddle today. right? We talk about becoming self-feeders. How are you spending time with the Lord in prayer and in reading God's Word? It's filling our soul with nourishment from above. And so often for many of us, we trade, you know, we trade our souls for the temporary pleasures of this world. How often we trade God's eternal blessings for the things that we want to experience right here and right now. You know, it may look like something like this. Perhaps you compromise morally, right? You know that you should honor God with your body, but then it feels so good. It, it feels, I like it so much, so you compromise. You know, you drink it, smoke it, you sleep with it because you like it so much, and you choose to trade God's eternal blessings for a temporary pleasure. Perhaps... You know, you are overcome with the idea of pursuing wealth. Here's another way we trade our soul. In order to pursue it, you're going to do whatever it takes to acquire wealth. 
Sure, you might cut some corners. Sure, you might tell some lies. Sure, you might neglect your spouse and your kids, but you worship at the altar of the almighty dollar. You trade God's eternal blessings for temporary pleasure. How is your soul? When it comes to this particular issue, I really love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16. Why don't we read this verse together? Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. It's there in your notes and on the screen. You ready? Read. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? What good is it if you achieve everything your sinful heart desires and in the process have forfeited your soul? How's your soul? How is your soul? Here's the third question I want to ask you guys is how's your mind? How is your mind? Love the Lord your God with all your mind. How's your mind? There's a couple ways that we can examine this particular point, and we can definitely say this. We can say, what are you thinking about, right? When we talk about mind, we think about thoughts. So honor God with your thoughts. What are you thinking about? What are your thoughts? What is filling your mind? But I don't want to talk about it from this perspective, though I think that's a great way to look at it. I want to look at it from a different perspective. Look at what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 says. Read this with me, okay? You ready, guys? Go. Happy is a man who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding. Happy or blessed is another way that maybe your Bible translates it. It's synonymous, the same thing. Blessed is a man. Happy is a man who finds wisdom and acquires understanding. Are you pursuing knowledge? Are you pursuing understanding? Are you pursuing wisdom? Are you looking for those things? Blessed is the man who finds wisdom and acquires understanding. You know, nobody likes to know it all, right? Nobody likes a person that thinks they have it all figured out and that they know it all. We all know that person that thinks they're God's gift, you know, to, to earth when it comes to knowing everything about everything. They think that they're the encyclopedia incarnate, right? You know, they, they're like the dictionary, the encyclopedia, and Google all rolled up into one person. You ever met that person? You know that person, right? If you don't know someone like that, it might be you, okay? It might be you. Just I hate to break the news to you. It could be you. But seriously, one of the ways that we can love the Lord, our God, is with all our minds. By pursuing wisdom, pursuing knowledge and understanding. By the ways, if you're pursuing that things, it, you start off knowing that you don't have it all figured out, right? You don't have all the answers, so one of the ways we can love the Lord our God with our minds is by pursuing wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Here's three ways that you can increase in acquiring understanding. This is just um, some advice, okay? Here's one of the ways. You can ask questions. One of the ways that you know if you're a person that likes to learn and likes to acquire wisdom is by asking a lot of questions. Ask more questions than you give answers, right? Ask more questions than you give answers. Look at what Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2 says. It says, a fool does not delight in understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. Are you the type of person that always has something to say, always wants to share your opinions, but are never willing to hear from others and ask questions? One of the ways we can acquire understanding is by asking questions. Here's another way, by remaining teachable. Remain teachable. Remain teachable. And what, what we need to do in order to be, remain teachable is have humility. 
If you don't have humility, if you're arrogant, you know it all, you think you know it all, you, you're not able to learn from others. You're not able to remain teachable. And so it's very important that if we're going to be teachable, we have to be humble people willing to listen and learn. Look at what Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9 says. It says, instruct the wise and he will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and he will what? He will learn more. Which one are you? Do you want to learn more? Do you want to be acquire more wisdom? Then remain teachable. Be humble. Here's the last way. It's this. It's accept correction. Accept correction. You know, there's we've all met those people, maybe it's you, that doesn't enjoy receiving correction. We don't like saying like when you did something wrong or something could have been done better. We don't like receiving correction oftentimes. And that's one of the quickest ways to neglect receiving wisdom and acquiring wisdom. Look at what Proverbs chapter 15 verse 5 says. A fool despises his father's discipline, but a person who accepts correction is sensible. So are you a fool or are you a sensible person? Do you reject discipline or do you accept correction? You know, for some of us, because I don't know if you're like me, you know, I could be a little hard-headed sometimes. So I don't know if that's you too, a little stubborn. So I like it sometimes when the Bible gives it to me straight a little bit. Why don't we read this verse out loud? Because maybe you've never seen this before. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. Let's read it out loud together. It may come across as a little harsh. Ready? Go. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But one who hates correction is? Are you stupid? Are you? Which one are you? Or do you love discipline it's god's word and it's straightforward right whoever loves discipline loves knowledge but one who hates correction is stupid so which one are you right do you love discipline and accept knowledge we want to grow so do you have the posture of a learner we want to grow in our ability to learn we want to grow in our ability to listen and we want to grow and acquire wisdom and knowledge Here's the fourth question. The last question I'm going to ask you today, today is this. How's your strength? How's your strength? Love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the question I want you to ponder here today is this. How are you physically? How are you physically? Think about that for a moment. How are you physically? How are you honoring God with your body? And if we're honest, this just might be something that we really don't give much attention to, right? We don't talk about the body, our, our physical body, all too much. Perhaps you got the other areas down. Maybe, you know, we've heard that before, mind, you know, spirit, heart, emotions, all that stuff. We, we've learned about that. We've spoken about that stuff before. But when it comes to our bodies, we don't quite talk about that too much. This particular area might be difficult for us. Also, honestly, if we're honest with ourselves, I really don't think it's something that's preached from the pulpit quite much, right? We don't teach from the pulpit too much about our bodies. But look at what 1 Corinthians says. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. It says this. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you whom you have from God? You are not your own. For you were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. But you guys just underlined the first part of that verse where it says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I truly believe, guys. I believe that God wants us to have a long, healthy lives full of 
ministry and full of service to God and also to one another and to our community and to our neighbors and to our friends and family. I really believe God wants us to have a long, healthy life like that. But for many of us, including myself, but really starting with myself, we are literally taking years off our lives because we do not treat our bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, this week I received, uh, not this week, a couple weeks ago, I received an email about a project that's happening in Bushwick. And they were looking for some individuals and organizations to help promote uh, this, this project that they're you know, looking to unleash in the community. And basically what it said was they're trying to raise awareness about a particular issue. And this issue is that Bushwick rated highest among all the neighborhoods of New York City. We came up at towards the top when it came to type 2 diabetes and obesity. Bushwick rated amongst the highest for type 2 diabetes and obesity in our neighborhood. And it's a very real issue in our community. And I, I don't know if we were number one, two, or five. I really don't know, but I know that we rated amongst the top highest, and that's why they wanted to start this project, to try to raise awareness. Recently for me, this has been an area of my own personal life that I've been really trying to get better at. I've been really trying to raise awareness in my own life and myself and talk about this because I want to honor God with my body. I want to honor God with my body. I want to have a long and fruitful life of, of ministry and service to you guys, to this community. You know, and beyond all that, I want to enjoy my life. You know, I want to enjoy my wife and my kids. I want to run after my kids. I want to keep up with them. I want to play with them. And I want to keep up with their energy levels, right? They got energy for days. And I want to be able to keep up with them. So recently, I set out on a journey to really try to take better care of my health and to really, you know, be more careful, in particular, my weight. It's really what I really wanted to focus in on. I've been overweight for my entire adult life. Uh, you know, if you would have met me back in high school, I was slimmer. You know what I'm saying? I played a lot of basketball and stuff. I was a little slimmer. My eating probably wasn't the healthiest, but the basketball helped me keep the weight off. But my adult life, pretty much from when I met Melissa on, it was all downhill from there. And I put on a lot of weight. I've always had a problem with overeating as well. You know, but determined to honor God with my body, you know, I, and really just for my overall health, I set out to lose some weight. And it's what I've been trying to do. And it's been difficult, so difficult for sure, because I love me some cake. I don't know about you guys. And, and, and I can't just have, I love brownies. I can't just have one thing. I need to have, you know, two, three, four slices. You know, I got I to gotta have the whole pie. I can't just have one. That's my problem. You know, one slice is okay. A piece of cake is okay. The whole birthday cake is not good, right? You can't finish the whole cake. You know, why have one pizza slice when you can have three, right? And, and that's not good. You know, it's okay to have one slice, you know, for dinner. It's not okay to eat half a pie, right? Especially if it's from Tony's, right? It's a big pie. So you might be asking yourself, you know, all right, Danny, why are you talking about this? Right? This is what you're talking about. You know, why are you, why are you sharing all of this? Well, first of all, it's because I want to be completely open and honest with you. You know, so often we can have the view of the person that leads from the front in a church. We can think of him like he's the person that has it all together. He's the spiritual guru. He's figured it out, right? And nothing, nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. It's not true. We're all on a journey together. And we're all trying to pursue Jesus together. And we're all helping each other to become more like Christ. Some of us are a little further ahead. Some of us are a little bit further behind. But that's why we, as a family together, we pursue Jesus together. And we encourage each other towards that. So I'm not the sage from the stage. I'm not the guru that has it all figured out. Secondly, the reason I share is because I, I hope to encourage you 
to love the Lord your God with all your strength. Physically, how are you physically? By God's grace, since I began this journey, I've lost 35 pounds to date because I've started pursuing this and trying to really lose weight and try to get to this. And I'm not done. There's still more to lose. I'm not there yet. And once I achieve the goal, I know it's going to be a lot of hard work to keep it off and to really maintain a healthy lifestyle. But hopefully you all can hold me accountable and help me out. Right? You saw me already have a cupcake. Be like, Danny, that, that's like your second or third now. Like, Why don't you like, you know, chill out with that? Help me with that, okay? And hold me accountable. By God's grace, together, we can help each other in this. Are you loving the Lord with all your strength? So, how are you? How are you? How, how are you doing? Really? How are you really? Drop the mask. Stop hiding behind the mask of self-deception. Now, after service, uh, you guys are thinking, like, what question am I going to ask? I'm not going to ask anybody, hey, how are you, right, after service? That's not really the point. The point is to, to, to ponder and introspect, introspectively think within yourself and meditate and, and think about how are you really. Honor the Lord thy God for thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. How are you in each of these areas? Now, if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, if I were to ask you, how are you doing? You would answer me that spiritually you're not doing very well at all because you feel like you're very distant from God. And if that's you, that, that might be your response. How are you, Danny? I'm not doing good. I feel like I'm spiritually distant from God. And I just want to share with you that God has made a way for you to be brought near to him. And that's through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Our sin is what causes that eternal separation from God for us to feel like we're eternally separate from God. But God in his infinite love for us, he provides for us Jesus who pays for the punishment of our sin by dying on the cross. And his death was the perfect atonement and the perfect sacrifice in our place. The death that you and I deserve, Jesus died for us in our place. And Jesus died and Jesus rose from the grave. For, and for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus... We are covered by His perfect work on the cross. And so when God looks down at us, He doesn't see our sin. He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus' mediation and sacrifice for our sin. He sees Jesus. And, and if we put our faith in Him, He doesn't see your sin, past, present, or future. He sees Jesus standing in your place, paying for the price of your sin. Danny, what do I got to do to experience that? Put your faith in Jesus. That's what you have to do. How are you? Danny, I feel distant from God. Spiritually, I don't feel good. Put your faith in Jesus today. Put your faith in Him. And if you're here today and you, you feel like God's called you to make that decision, then if everybody would take out their connection cards on the back, we have some next steps for everybody to take here um, today. One of them is if, if you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, is to check it off right there and let us know. Because as your church family, we want to make sure that you're loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and all that stuff. But we want to make sure that you are a fully devoted follower of Jesus. We want to put a Bible in your hands. We want to encourage you. We want to strengthen you. We want to encourage you. We want to help you in your walk with Christ. So that's you. Check that off in just a moment. You're going to have an opportunity to turn that in. So how are you? How are you really? How are you? How's your mind? How's your soul? How's your, your heart? How's your strength? How are you physically? Think about all these things. Think about how we can all, with the power of God, 
be strengthened in each of these areas. Something to think about. Why don't you guys pray about it right now? Would you guys bow your heads, close your eyes? Let's pray about this for a moment. And just ask God, God, search my heart. You know, show me, God, how am I? How's my heart? Some of you know already. You know what condition you find yourself in. As you started to ponder and meditate and think about it, you know, you knew right away, Danny, I'm not doing too good. My mind is cluttered with so many other things. There's so many other things pursuing my affections, my heart. Physically, I know I'm not doing too good. I need to take care of my body a little bit more. You know, you know what it is right away. Pray about that right now for just a second. Take a moment to pray that. Just you and God. If you don't know, say, God, search my heart. Show me. Lord, we pray that you would help us to drop the mask of self-deception. We lie to ourselves so often, sometimes so much so that we don't even know what the truth is anymore. So help us to drop that mask. Help us to live lives that are open, that are honest and vulnerable before you and each other. Help us to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, with all our minds, all our soul and all our strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.